It's a Rock and Roll Bedtime Stories bonus episode. What's up? My name is Brian. Welcome to the show. These episodes, they can vary. They can be about all sorts of things, but a lot of times we just like to hear from you. That's when we hit the mailbox. It's wearethestoryguys at gmail.com, and we see what you have to say. Haven't done one of these in a few weeks, so I thought it was high time, and we'll start with a letter from Jessica. Uh, Jessica writes, I just started listening today. I listen to podcasts all day at work, and I've been listening to the Eric Clapton versus George Harrison episode. That is way back in the catalog. I think it's like episode three, and it is one of our most downloaded episodes of all time. Uh, She says, at one point in the podcast, uh, one of you said they were from Marshall County High School. Are you talking about Kentucky? Because I went to the Marshall County High School in Kentucky for my junior year. I was just curious if we went to the same high school. That's all. Great podcast. Have a good day. Jessica, uh, that would have been Murdoch, and he would have been talking about Marshall County, Tennessee. Marshall County High School in Lewisburg, Tennessee, to be specific, is his alma mater. And uh, so, no, you did not go to the same high school, but this is confusing because we do live in Kentucky. We don't talk about it tons on the show, but we, we live in the, the metropolitan area of Louisville, Kentucky. It's uh, a million plus, uh, but... Yeah, we uh, we say Kentucky on the show, too. So I can see why you would think that. It would have been cool. It would be weird to get a note from someone that went to high school with me. I would be down for it if they accidentally found the podcast and didn't find it because of me. Um, but yeah, no, uh, that is that is the case. Uh, he went to Marshall County High School in Lewisburg, Tennessee. So thanks for writing the show, Jessica. I hope you like all the episodes and not just the old ones and not just the new ones. Um here, this is evidently the week for, for new listeners. We got a note from Tanya. Tanya writes, Hi, I came across your podcast. It was a recommendation after I listened to Disgraceland, which is awesome. Uh, I'm starting from the beginning, and I'm loving it. So she also has started at the very beginning of the catalog. One issue, does the audio get better? <laughs> this is... This is a funny relationship that I have with our show, too, right? It's like people start at the beginning, and I don't really want them to. Like, I want them to get to those old episodes after they've gotten used to me and Murdoch in our current state, because I think we we get better every every week. That's the hope. The hope is that we continue to get better. The shows get better. Our delivery gets better. Our audio gets better. I, I mean, in, in short, yes, I do believe the audio gets a lot better, um, but I hope your standards aren't so high that you think it's awful. Who knows? Uh, Anyway, she writes, can't wait to get through all the episodes, um, especially if I don't have to hear lip and mouth noises. Fair enough. Uh, Tanya from Australia. That's awesome. It's so cool when people from across the world, not just across the country, but across the world, uh, reach out to let us know they're listening. So thank you for that. I really appreciate it. Uh, Here's one. We've been getting a lot of flack recently about not understanding music theory. And I'll admit it. I don't. I think Murdoch will say the same thing. This is from Preston. Uh, he writes, I know you've been getting, I know you've been getting uh, notes about not understanding music theory. Wanted to let you know, I'm happy to be your music theory knowledge. I have a couple degrees in music, including a master's in music theory composition. That's awesome. That is, that's not nothing. That's a lot. That, that means you really know your stuff. Uh, feel free to reach out. Okay, I will. Uh, for example, and then he goes on to actually tell us where we've messed up. In the zombies episode, Murdoch seemed perplexed by the time signature and she's not there and said it is not 4-4. That's actually not accurate. It is. Time of the season is two. Both have syncopated rhythms going on in the drums that may make it not obvious. 
but that is still 4-4. So any theory questions about songs, please reach out. Dude, heck yeah, man. Now we have our music theory consultant, Preston. Appreciate you, buddy. Thanks for uh, volunteering, because that's going to be a real thankless job. Something I wanted to bring up uh, while we're here on, on this bonus episode is this list that Rolling Stone put out about a month ago now of the best real songs by fake bands. Now, I, this was spurred, of course, by Daisy Jones and the Six coming on Amazon, and I was reminded of it because driving around tonight with my kids, uh, listening to a curated Spotify playlist, uh, one of the Daisy Jones and the Six songs pops up. Now, they were, I believe, created for this show, but there was an attempt at doing this when the book came out because even in the audiobook version, they had tagged on a a created version of one of the songs, right? Because it's created as a book. The songs are mentioned, but the songs didn't actually exist. So at some point, someone was hired to create a version of, of at least one of those songs uh, before it was ever a TV show. And then as a TV show... They have to have this band perform. They're performing these fake songs. And the song's decent. I mean, it is very much in the vein of, you know, Rumors era Fleetwood Mac, which is sort of the point. I find it enjoyable. But this list brings up this concept of fictionalized bands who, because they're fictionalized for some reason or another, have to have real songs assigned to them, right? So you're just... A studio musician, you're a hired gun, you come in and you create something that is then given to a fictional entity. It's sort of an interesting idea if you're a creator of anything to think about it really being associated with or owned by someone or something that doesn't really exist. But I thought I'd run down some of the highlights of this list because it got me thinking about uh, some of my favorites. Here's one. Number 47 is Werewolf Bar Mitzvah by Tracy Jordan from 30 Rock. Break it down. I was working late on my half Torah when I heard a knock on my bedroom door. I opened it up and to my surprise, there was a werewolf standing there with glowing gold eyes. He said, Tomorrow, my son, you will be a man. But tonight's the time to join the Wolfen clan. Tomorrow, you will stand at the beamer and pray. But tonight, let's gaze at the moon and bathe. Werewolf mitzvah, spooky, scary. Boys becoming men, men becoming wolves. Werewolf mitzvah, spooky, scary. Boys becoming men, men becoming wolves. All right, that was boys great. becoming men, men becoming wolves. <laughs> I also like this idea that somewhere in the writers' room they were like, you know what we should do? We should combine werewolves in London and the Monster Mash. <laughs> to make this fake song for Tracy Jordan. Probably my alt, one of my all-time favorites. It would have to be top five, mostly just because of the nostalgia that I have for this show. Not necessarily because it's a great song, but I still reference this a ton. If you're a How I Met Your Mother fan, you know where this is going. Uh, Robin Sparkles singing Let's Go to the Mall. Parents get what I don't care 
Oh, man. Oh, man. I have this whole diatribe about where I think How I Met Your Mother went off the rails, but when it hit, it really, really hit. In those early episodes, uh, specifically around this alter ego of the Robin character, are really, really fun. Next up is a film that I think has uh, has actually gotten better with age. I think people really have grown to love it more, and it's another thing that I reference a lot. It, it makes sense. You're not going to be surprised if you listen to this show that I really enjoy Walk Hard, the Dewey Cox story. Uh, this, of course, John C. Riley in a take on the biopic that was really popular, probably you know, 15, 20 years ago now. Uh, things like Walk the Line and Ray, and there are some original songs in there that try to send up classic rock and country in a way that is, uh, you know, you can feel it. It works. I've been scorned and slandered and ridiculed too. Had to struggle every day my whole life through. Seem to share all the worst that this world can give. But I still got a dream and a burning rage to live. Walk hard, hard when they say. This one's interesting because, in a lot of ways, it's just a send up of Johnny Cash, right? Like, it's not just a ridiculous song, but it is trying to capture all of the, the tropes that Johnny Cash would employ in his songwriting into one song and make us look at it in the face, right? So. Uh, and that, that movie's so funny. There, that whole thing about wherever he tries a drug or he catches people trying drugs and then they try to convince him not to try the drug, but they can't convincingly say not to because everything they tell him about it sounds good. Such a funny bit that I reference quite a bit. A defining moment of my teenage years was when a uh, older friend of mine told me that I needed to see the movie Top Secret and sat me down on a Friday night and made me watch it. I'll give my love to you, baby, please. The next one is is another uh, movie that really captured a period of rock and roll. Uh, and much like Daisy Jones and the Six, not only is it in a similar time period, but they had to create the music that was fake but sounded real and captured this band that was fake but based on real things. And so that's where you get Fever Dog by Stillwater.
just to reiterate, I am cherry picking my favorites off a list that Rolling Stone made. You can find that in the show notes and see, you know, maybe the ones I've skipped, maybe the ones they skipped uh, that you think should be added. And of course, let me know. We are the story guys at gmail.com if there's something in particular that you uh, have a story about or would want to discuss or you think deserves a little more highlighting. Uh, But I'll hit a few more before we get out of here. This one is very, very, very me from Scott Pilgrim versus the world. That's another movie that I don't know. I think its reputation has gotten better over time. I watched it not very long ago and man, it's really good. Now, some of the songs in it are really, really good. And that's because they are pre-existing songs by the band metric that Brie Larson sings. Uh, But they did get back to write a, a song specifically for the movie. It is uh, the, <laughs> the song titled We Are Sex Babom by Sex Babom. hear the Beck in that. Beck is definitely present in that Garage Rock send-up, uh, We Are Sex Babomb. Uh, but yeah, if you have not seen Scott Pilgrim vs. the World recently, uh, I highly recommend it. I was reminded of a really funny story when looking at this list from a friend of mine who works in the concert industry who texted me at random, and I went back and found the text thread. So this was last summer, summer of 22. Uh, he just texted me and said, have you ever seen the Goofy movie? And I made a reference to the Goofy movie about the Leaning Tower of Chiza uh, as a response. And he wrote, so you're aware of Powerline. So do you remember this? Powerline is a is an R&B singer in the Goofy movie. And then he informed me that I was today years old when I found out that Tevin Campbell is the singing voice to Powerline. And I am really excited uh, because his venue that he works at was bringing in a uh, R&B festival that involved Keith Sweat, uh, Genuine, and Tevin Campbell. And so then he proceeds <laughs> to send me a photoshopped version of the poster for this festival. And it's he sends me both versions of it. And the first one, I'm like, okay, why is he sending me this? And then the second one, he has very artfully <laughs> photoshopped in the cartoon power line into this poster. Anyway, it's probably not funny to you like it is to me. But this is Eye to Eye by Powerline from the Goofy movie. Got myself a notion. One, I know that you'll understand. We set the world in motion. By reaching out for each other's hand. Maybe yes. we'll discover what we should have known all along. What are you doing here? Yeah. Hey! One way what? or another, together is where we both belong. Ah. I mean, this song has a killer hook. It really, really does. And that's what I love about these, you know, a lot of times to do this, to, to write a convincing pop song uh, for a fake band, you have to employ really good songwriters. So that's why you get guys like Beck and Tevin Campbell involved to make this sort of magic happen, right? Okay, I, I feel like I would be untrue to the podcast and... Murdoch, though he is not present on this bonus episode, would be very upset if he found out we had this conversation and we didn't play Big Bottom by Spinal Tap. Big Bottom, Big Bottom, Big Bottom. 
of the thing that makes some of these so funny is the idea that the, the parody is not that far off from reality, right? Like, Queen had a song about fat bottom girls. Like, this is sort of that same song, uh, but, you know, done with the ridiculousness of Rob Reiner. So, uh, yeah, Spinal Tap, that has to be there. Uh, you know, somebody that shows up on this list that I'm not going to make you listen to, but I will say shouts to, do you remember that show Nashville that was on ABC? I got really into that because I worked in the country music industry at the time, and there were a lot of uh, sort of Easter eggs that uh, about people and about real situations that, you know, if you were around that world, you sort of knew about that were showing up in the show. So it was like sort of a fun thing to watch because of that. But man, some of the songwriting, for that show, I always thought it really illustrated how good the songwriting is in Nashville because they were just making these songs for the show that were could have been big hits on the radio. And I would be like, man, I wish they'd sold this to an actual artist instead of putting it on this show because uh, this is killer. A couple other notes of things I won't play, but I would say you should check out are uh, the songs out of the three, all three of the John Carney films that are uh, most known. And Interestingly, only two of them make it here. One of them, the one that doesn't make it here, I was just watching the other night, rewatching. Uh, his movies are Once, which you've probably heard of, got turned into a Broadway musical. I've probably talked about these on the show before. Uh, he had one called Begin Again that had Mark Ruffalo and Keira Knightley in it. And that's the one I watched recently that doesn't make the Rolling Stone list. And then a song from Sing Street, which is another one of my all-time favorites, uh, is also on this list. So the, all those songs, songs from Once, Sing Street, and Begin Again are really good. I would say that Sing Street and Once probably have the most solid in terms of songs that would live outside the movie. But they do some fun stuff in Begin Again, sort of mimicking uh, pop, throwaway pop music. And they have Adam Levine from Maroon 5 be the face of it. So it becomes sort of extra funny because you're sort of in on the joke that this guy who is being portrayed as a shallow guy who's singing sort of meaningless songs is being portrayed by a guy who in real life arguably does the same thing. And uh, I, I recommend all three of those movies and those tunes. Uh, let's finish this up, though. I, can I spoil the top three for you? Because they're all worth mentioning. Uh, the top three, Shallow by uh, Jackson, Maine, and Allie in A Star Is Born, the 2018 version. And that song is, I mean, that was certifiably a hit, even though it was a, you know, a fake song sort of or it was for this fake group um and then you have uh scotty doesn't know by lustra from euro trip If you haven't seen that movie, you don't know that that's being lip synced by a punked out Matt Damon in that movie who just sort of shows up like the movie mostly doesn't have famous people in it. So that's a good time. Now, uh, number one on this list is also number one on my list. And anyone that has listened to this show much uh, is not going to be surprised that I am very excited that at the top of this list is That Thing You Do by The Wonders from the movie That Thing You Do written by Adam Schlesinger from Fountains of Wayne. Always do, and you don't mean to 
me know what you think is missing off of uh, my list or the Rolling Stone list. Uh, check it out in the show notes and uh, keep thinking about that prompt, right? What's the best uh, real song written for a fake band? That's a lot of fun. We are the story guys at gmail.com. Get involved in the show in any way, shape, or form by just shooting us an email. And until next time, remember, keep telling stories.